is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love no playing there. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? <laughs> All right, we're back at long last. Uh, the return, Swish FM, Chris Mundelk and Ben Crab. Ben, it's been forever since we've talked. It has. It really has. How long has it been? I mean, it's been a couple goodness. Weeks, right? I can barely remember the last time we were just wrapping up the regular season. Well, we I remember we were handing out. We were, yep, we yeah. were divvying up all of our hardware, um, our hard earned hardware at the end of the season. But boy, that feels like uh, that feels like a whole other year. Well, you know? a lot's happened uh, for the both of us. Apologies to the listening audience for the delay, but the NBA playoffs, Ben, are here. We couldn't yeah. stay away any longer. So first and foremost, how you doing? Has it been a restful couple of days away from the pod? Uh, mm-hmm. Miss talking with you and uh, yeah, miss miss chatting about the NBA. Of course, yeah, I know. It's been a little while. Um, we had to take a brief break there. I was uh, on vacation for a little bit. Um, but, of course, consuming every single minute of every game, as I always do. Yeah. Um, so I've really been using the time off to just hone my to takes. Work, and yeah. Yeah, I, I dove into some more numbers. Um, you know, when we're, we're, when we're not podcasting, it's, it's kind of refreshing, actually, because that just gives me more time for research. Yep. And um, and an analysis of uh, of this subject that we cover. So um, I think that we're gonna uh, come back with a vengeance. Well, the NBA episode. playoffs are, are off and running. Ben, uh, it's been a really exciting first round. I kind of feel like the NBA Oof. regular season was sort of a slog there towards the end. Those last 10, 12 games. I don't know what you're talking about, now, Chris. Were you? I riveted? think there should be. I think there should be more games. More games. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think we need more games in the regular season. I think we should have more tournaments okay. throughout, more more games that are non-tournament related. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would li- I would just like more, frankly. More more games, maybe even mm-hmm. more teams. Uh, more teams would be great. Expansion, I think, is a great idea. <laughs> right. I think there is just, uh, there are so many great players out there, yeah. and I think they should all be playing on TV all the time. Well, the first round of the playoffs, um, a few of these matches in particular have been really exciting. So I thought the easiest way for us to talk about everything was an old, reliable format that we love here, Ben. It's uh, uh, one of our old faves. It's love it or list it, uh, Ben. I love it. Yeah. I love, I love, love it you or list it. You know how this works. So I'm going to give you, Ben, a nice, hot, spicy take, and you're going to tell mm. me if you are buying or selling it, if you're uh, copying it or dropping it, if you're pumping it or dumping it, if you're loving it or listing it. So here we go. Let's start over in the Eastern Conference. Ooh. Love it or list it, Ben. We'll start with the number two seed, Boston Celtics. They swept mm. the number seven seed, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, let's start here, Ben. So on Monday night, Jason Tatum, 
scored 29 points. Jalen Brown had 22. And the Celtics completed a four-game sweep of the Brooklyn Nets, mm. becoming the first team to reach the second round of the NBA playoffs. Ben, love it or list it, after obliterating Kevin Durant with their swarming defensive schemes, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are the most dangerous two-way tandem in the NBA, and the Boston mm. Celtics should be taken very seriously as title contenders. Love it or list it, Ben? Um, I can't lie, Chris. I uh, I love it. How do we not love, love everything this? about it? How do we not? Yeah, love this? I mean, it's a great. It's a feel-good story. It's uh, it's the Bean Town Boys. They're back. Yes. They're back in town. They're back in the town. Mm -hmm. um, and they came out there and they triumphed over evil. Um, this is a story of a homegrown team that plays the right way. Um, and they came out and they proved to everyone once and for all that if you play the right way and if you, if you want it the right way, um, you are going to vanquish um, the forces of, uh, you know, evil and um, and wrongness. You know, yeah. the Brooklyn Nets were there. There's there's just no way around it, Chris. They are a wrong. They're a bad team. They're they're bad guys, um, and they deserve what they got. And um, you know, this is why we watch sports. This is for the the, the drama the story of it all. And uh, this is a story that I can get behind wholeheartedly. Um, the good guys in green uh, beat, we love beat those bad boys in black. And uh, boy, um, the Boston been... erasure has got to stop. This is a proud moment. And yeah. you know, as the Celtics move on here in the playoffs, Ben, we start thinking about the, the high profile Boston area celebs. Are we going to see an appearance at at the TD Garden from? Do we get a Mark Wahlberg? Do we get a Donnie mm. Wahlberg? Do we get a Bar love. Do we get a Barbara Walters? Do we get a Barbara Walters? Is she a Boston? I think native? she she's like a New England area. Sure, yeah, she's in the yeah, yeah. she's out there. Do, she's on the scene. Do we get a uh, Do we get a ghost of Ted Kennedy? Maybe. Do we get mm. uh, an Affleck or a Damon? Would love a Kennedy, definitely. Um, a Dane Cook. Um, mm. Just yep. Yep. just. I, I, I would love to see who shows up, maybe a Conan O'Brien, maybe a Dennis Leary, mm. maybe a David mm -hmm. Ortiz. Um, oh, yeah, I mean. So we are, uh, we're very curious and excited what will happen here for the Celtics as they, uh, they move on. But yeah, Tatum and Brown looked great in this uh, opening series here. But Ben, there's been a ton of discussion and speculation about what happens next for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the story is. Uh, listen, Chris, you you and I both don't like to talk about stuff like this. We like to focus on the game. We're gonna have to. We like to focus on what happens on the court, not off the court, not all the noise and the and the BS. Um, you know, that that's all. Uh, you know, sort of uh, extraneous to the to the actual dribbles and assists, but. Unfortunately, it's what a lot of people are talking about. There's some drama. There is a lot of questions. And, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this team, like, the Boston, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are, are like, you couldn't, you couldn't craft a more perfect scenario, like, made for sports radio and, and cable television for people to just pick apart and pile on top of. Um, I mean, it is... Like, there is something I cannot deny that is extremely 
cathartic and um, and fun about watching this team absolutely disintegrate um, in front of all of our eyes. Um, and there is, it is there is like, like a genuine. It's like a Greek tragedy or something. It's yeah, it's like really crazy. It's like we all yeah. from its inception. I'm talking about like years and years ago. We all yeah. sort of knew this would be the way this story would always end and will always continue to end. And it's, well, I mean, not we didn't know. Like it was either this or they were gonna, you know, create a super team and win like every championship, and we would all be miserable because we were just gonna be watching, you know, like this manufactured, you know, victory. But I think the way it's turned out. Uh, I mean, especially with the characters involved, Kyrie and Harden and Durant, like these, like each one of these guys is like a perfect lightning rod for controversy and divisiveness among fans. And for all three of them to come together in such a spectacular way and then just absolutely combust and (laughs) fall apart um, is like, yeah, it's extremely entertaining content. Um, and that's not without even mentioning the Ben Simmons aspect, which I know yeah. we, we will probably have we'll, to We'll get to discuss. that. I just feel like maybe yeah. the Nets are, I don't like using this or like thinking about this, but like maybe they're cursed or something. Like I do think there's something in the DNA of the team and like. Where's Jack Ma? That's what I want to know. Where, where is, is Jack, Jack Ma? Ma? He's, <laughs> I think there is yeah. possibly something out there that is, I, I mean, a curse is a strong word, Chris, but I do believe that there could be forces at play that we are not privy to. Um, I just think And that, I think Joseph Sai has a lot to answer for. Uh, his past uh, business dealings, you know, like he's got a lot, there's a lot of stuff in his, in his story that... Um, you know, could be coming back to uh, to haunt him, perhaps. Yeah, I just think that maybe that's the word. It's just like a haunted franchise. I I, I yeah. think like the decision to move from New Jersey to Brooklyn is always going to just sort of like hover over that team in like a. It's very... never been right. It's never gonna be right. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, yeah. like there's something like very like haunted. And yeah. like in the genetic makeup of the team, and I I just feel like there's like bad like. There's just like bad juju or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Call it call it the ghost of Biggie Smalls. Sure. Uh, call it call <laughs> yeah. it the the ghost of uh, of of Basquiat. I don't know uh, uh, exact, but they have. I, f- I feel like they have tempted some some right. some dark forces. I agree. Um, That's what it is. Yeah. All right. And it's uh, yeah. Chickens are coming home to roost. Let's start here with some of the specifics now on the Nets. So let's start with Steve Nash. So Nash was. Mm. <laughs> Let's be real. He was outcoached by his former assistant, Ime. Well, you can't really call what he does coaching, can you? I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. Like, Ime Ime Yudoka, um, you know, came up with a defensive scheme that shut down Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two of the 10 best players in the league. Um, And Nash, you know, Nash has been criticized for a lot of things, one of the big criticisms I feel like is like, well, he didn't really have an offensive game plan, you know, like, like there were like that, that Durant, it was just kind of like pass the ball to Durant, clear out, let him like milk the shot clock and then hoist up a shot. And it, that, that wasn't going to work against the Celtics. And then the other thing is that Nash used, I guess, 35 different starting lineups in each of his two seasons 
with Brooklyn. It's unfortunate that the team did not have time to gel, as Kyrie pointed out. It is very unfortunate. uh, And also, you know, like 35 different starting lineups is part of that is also due to COVID and just people being sick and unable to play, irrespective of Kyrie's Or completely healthy and unable to play, in Kyrie Irving's case. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true. So anyways, Ben, love it or list it, it's time to cut bait with the newcomer Steve Nash and bring in the greatest, most proven winner of all time, the Zen master, Ooh. Phil Jackson, <laughs> to get the most out of Brooklyn's superstar vets. Ben, love it or list it, we're swapping out Steve Nash for uh, Phil Jackson oh. as head coach of the Nets. Couldn't love it more, Chris. Yeah. Couldn't love it more. He manages I mean, those personalities. You know, the Zen master. Yeah, exactly. He knew how to manage a, Pippen and Jordan, right? He knew if you how can, to if you can manage Kobe. Pippen and Jordan, Shaq and Kobe. There's only one man for the job, and it is the Zen master. Um, I think he's the only one that can that can properly manage those egos, yeah. stroke those egos. Um, although we're gonna have to run that by um, you know new Nets management, <laughs> uh, Kevin and Kyrie. Um, yes, because as as Kyrie pointed out, he they. He, he, they will be managing the team along with um, uh, uh, Sean Marks and uh, and, and Joe Sy. Uh, they're they're now part of uh, management. the upper upper management and ownership, in fact, structure. All right, Ben, of the franchise. You so. uh, you cued me up right there. So Ben, Kyrie Irving has a thirty six million dollar player option that he can exercise next season, or he can decline it and test free agency after Monday night's loss. Kyrie left little doubt, saying, "Quote: I don't really plan on going anywhere." When I say I'm here with Kev, I think that really entails us managing this franchise together alongside Joe and Sean, just our <laughs> group of family members in this locker room, in our I love how he left Steve Nash just completely out of the I equation. <laughs> so Ben, love it or list it, your pals Joe Sy and Sean Marks are in it for the long haul, and they will be re-signing Kyrie Irving this summer to an extension of at least... Four years, $200 million. Ben, do you love that or do you want to list it? I mean, of course I love it. it again, love if it. if Kyrie says it's happening and he's part of the, the management <laughs> team, he's he's the one making the decisions. So, so we, we, boom, we would there you go. It's a fait, fait accompli. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. And I... I um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I was going to say that um, it's exciting. It's, uh, you know, we were all thinking that maybe LeBron James would be the first former NBA player to um, to, to own an NBA franchise. But uh, it was actually his former teammate, Kyrie, that beat him to Incredible. it. So kudos to, to Kev and Kai uh, for making history. I'm really, uh, really excited for that. Ben, while we're on the topic of superstar extensions, yes, Joe Harris and Seth Curry are extension eligible this summer. We'd love mm-hmm. to see the Nets lock in all their core pieces. But Ben, there is another superstar player who's eligible to extend this offseason. So Ben, love it or list it, his value has never been lower than right now. It's time to extend a long-term contract extension to Ben Simmons. Ben, when he's on the court, Simmons is one of the NBA's best defenders. He's only 25. He spent a full year away from the game, getting mentally and physically healthy. He's only got three years left on his contract. Why not lock him up? He's a franchise cornerstone. Lock him up to a long-term deal. Tack on another five years to his contract and secure his services through age 33. Ben, do you want to love that or do you want to list it? Um, I am going to have to go ahead and list You're that, listing Chris. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I want to like take a minute here to very like 
clearly and deliberately go on the record that I am um, not here to dunk on Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, I, I, would, I don't know if you listened to the latest episode of uh, Rights to Ricky Sanchez, but Spike Eskin made a really good point of how weird and fucked up it was that, you know, we've been watching this Ben Simmons saga unfold for the past, you know, year plus, I guess. Mm. Um, and it was only at the point that he announced that he wasn't going to be playing in game four, um, that all of these commentators like took the opportunity to just completely destroy him. Um, you know, Reggie Miller went on Twitter, I believe, you know, the, obviously like the, uh, NBA on, uh, uh, what's the the Barkley TNT uh, crew? Um, you know, of course, like ripped him apart. Um, and that was, fucked up because it seemed to me that like there you know we've had a a year plus to voice whatever opinions we have about this guy and it seemed to me like at this at that like final kind of like you know culmination of the season and and his last chance to play and his failure to do so where it should have dawned on everyone like this guy's not in a good place (laughs) and it's probably not helpful or even like humane (laughs) to to seize that opportunity to be like oh my god i can't believe this fucking guy doesn't want it enough like i wouldn't you know blah 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 i would never do this and like um both spike and mike on that uh show which i urge our listeners to to check out um you know pointed out that it's it's really like uh uh, it's upsetting to to watch what's happened to him, um, regardless of how you you know feel about him as a player. Um, clearly, like it's not good. And at the same time, you can also say he and the people around him, whether it's Clutch Sports or his, I don't know. Like you know, again, we, I have no idea who he's surrounded by on a day to day basis. Clearly, it was horribly mishandled, and the Nets organization is to blame, and the Sixers organization is to blame, and every like reporter. I mean, I guess whatever. It's not Woj and Shams's job to be like, uh, should I report this? Like they're just they just repeat whatever is fed to them, obviously for access. But um, like from the beginning of the, the saga, uh, following Game Seven of the Sixers Hawks series last year until today. Um, it's just been an absolute shit show. Um, and it didn't have to be that way. Um, even if Ben Simmons hadn't played a single game, uh, this season, he, there was a a way to, to navigate that, um, Mm -hmm. in a way that didn't draw the kind of criticism that it drew. So I guess on that front, yeah, you can say like, this should have been done differently. This should have played out differently. Um, but the bottom line is that like whatever is going on with the guy is clearly like really not good and (laughs) that sucks and that's sad. And he is like a, you know, um, I think a really unique and obviously some people don't like his game, but, uh, I think he's, you know, really fun to watch if you are a fan of his and, uh, yeah, I basically just feel bad for him and I hope he can, figure it out and either play again someday or make the decision not to play and just like, you know, but either way, like be clear about what's going on, Mm. take ownership of it and whatever. I'm not like giving him advice. I obviously I'm not in his shoes, but, um, but yeah, it does seem to me like, um, it's, it's very like, (laughs) I mean, 
Like just doing shit like dressing in the outfits that he's dressing in. I'm not ever like a a wardrobe shamer kind of guy, but given the circumstances of everything and the way he, you know, made this big uh, deal of like I'm coming back and like all of the the little leaks to the press about like how much swag he has and um, meanwhile like wasn't even playing five on five with the team um, while while still saying like oh I'm gonna play in game three or four. Um, it all just feels like it was like done deliberately to maximize the ridicule, um, and the hatred. And that's, yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, and, uh, I just, yeah, I hope he figures it out, man. That's all really. (laughs) Yeah. It stinks. It really stinks. I mean, just from a fan perspective, because when you think about the on-court stuff, irrespective of kind of his mental health, what's actually going on with the guy, like you said, from a humane perspective, just from a pure basketball perspective, uh, it does stink because really he would have been so important in that series against the Celtics. When you think about Oh, they could have used him. Yeah, I think they could have used him maybe. It would have been bit, considering it would, it would have been a great series if he was healthy and able to play, which obviously yeah it sounds like he's nowhere near being healthy and ready to play. But when you think about like, you know, Tatum and Brown really took over the series for the Celtics. It's like, well, imagine if Ben Simmons was guarding Jason Tatum as opposed to Patty Mills. Yeah. (laughs) Like Ben Simmons is like, or or fucking Seth Curry. Yeah. It's like Ben Simmons is six eleven. He's an all defensive team. Or Goran Dragic or like, I mean, like, I'm racking my brain for, like, that's, I mean, everyone's pointed this out, but, like, the Nets just didn't have wings. Right. They didn't have any wings. And imagine you, if you, they had, like, an all-defensive wing player whose job was explicitly, don't worry about being an offensive, like, playmaker, shooter, like, your only job here is to expend all your defense, making life miserable for Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. It would have helped, I have to imagine. Yeah, probably could have, you know, swung at least a game or two. Yeah, I would think. So, anyways, like you said, I hope I hope he gets healthy because he's he's a awesome player to watch, and uh, we love yeah. we, we love seeing him play. And it is yeah very unfortunate. We love ben. I mean, again, like even if he doesn't play, like at least like figure things out in in a in a way that's different from the past year because, i will say like, he could have handled things better like yeah. i think everyone I, mean, I don't know if he's gonna like drop clutch or like everyone could have like, handled things better but he definitely could have handled things better just in terms of like uh you know like what what did he say to the report like he was he he was at practice before game five and was like make sure you get make, yeah he's like make sure you get this and then he and, and then dunk he the ball dunk. or something it was like <laughs> i mean you know, he he played into the drama uh, too. Um, granted, the 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 media is like a vicious machine. Yeah, that's I mean, and, and who knows? And, right, and who knows? Like maybe he was doing that stuff as a way to get himself like up for his return. Like maybe maybe that was like part of his strategy. Um, but the way it played out, like it really backfired. You know. Um, and and again, just like all the like kind of you know sidelines, like all the social media stuff that he just exposed himself to, basically, um, where it's like, what? How did you think this was gonna look, man? Like, um, yeah. 
And so, but again, I mean, I can't uh, judge or advise like a grown man on his own life. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I hope he gets back. We'd love to see him play because that's why we care about him first and foremost is because he's a fun player to watch. And that's why we even like know who he is. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's move on now to uh, Ben, the Philadelphia 76ers, the fourth seed. Oh, my God. They lead the Toronto Raptors, (laughs) the fifth seed, three games to two. I really wish we were recording. I mean, we should, obviously, we'll we'll record again, like, next week when this series has concluded. Um, But I am just fucking, like, right now it's 3-2 as of the time of this recording, Mm -hmm. Wednesday, April 27th. I guess, do they play tonight? Um, No. They play tomorrow night? Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's, it's, um, this could be, yeah, we could be, we could be witnessing history. All right, here we go. (laughs) So it looked like the Sixers were making quick work of the the Toronto Raptors, a team that has tormented the psyche of the Philadelphia fans since obviously Kawhi Leonard's series ending buzzer beater went down in game seven of the 2019 playoffs, but not so fast after going up three. Oh, in the series, the Raptors have won two in a row and the 76ers minus unvaccinated Matisse Thibel are headed back to Toronto for game six. Uh, ben, no team has blown a 3-0 lead and lost a playoff series, so love it or list it. Ben, between James Harden's playoff struggles, Joel Embiid's torn thumb ligament, and Doc Rivers' impeccable play calling, we are on the verge of history, and the 76ers will be making a first-round playoff exit to Pascal Siakam and the Toronto Raptors. Are you loving that, or are you listing <clears throat> Um, Wait, what's the question exactly? Am I, am I loving or listing the possibility? The idea like, do I think that we are on it? the verge of history and that the Sixers will be eliminated here by the Raptors. Um, it's hard for me to answer that clearly. Like, I, I don't want that to happen, yeah. but at the same time, there is a weird kind of... Um, like masochistic element of like maybe wanting to to witness that kind of absolute oh my God. Um, like tr- like just like i i don't at the end of the day my my answer is i list it because i don't want it to happen i really don't want that to happen to joel Embiid, mm. um specifically I think I do want it to happen to doc rivers because I think that um he's not a good coach and that he should be politely excused from his duties um but and also it sounds I, like I, he might be interested in other jobs uh oh i think he'd be great in los angeles yeah. i think he'd be a perfect fit there um i could see big things for that uh that that uh union but i um i mean i i again it's like it's sort of like it would be so luridly fascinating to see this happen and then to I mean this franchise like it would just be the perfect story for the Philadelphia 76ers franchise we were talking about Ben Simmons and it occurred to me uh the other night when we were on a text thread with our our friends Lucas and Matt that uh that the 76ers had back-to-back number one picks in 2016 and 2017 Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons Mm -hmm. like I think we often forget like that was those were consecutive number one picks Mm -hmm. in consecutive drafts and both players have just vanished. I mean, obviously, Markel Fultz is still in the league, and he's been hampered by injuries. And when he's been healthy, he's looked, you know, okay, fine. Um, but the the way that he exited the the Sixers franchise, the way that Ben Simmons exited the Sixers franchise, 
I mean, if one of those things had happened, that would be an unprecedented story. And it happened twice <laughs> with back-to-back number one. It's just insane. And then if this happened, if the Sixers were the first team in NBA history to blow a 3-0 lead after, that is, they blew a 3-1 lead uh, last year uh, to the aforementioned Hawks, um, it, it's just, it would just be like, like, I don't want bad things to happen, but it's sort of like, if bad things to happen, I want to be a witness to that kind of history because it's just interesting and fascinating um, to, to be, you know, part of a, uh, or, you know, at least a, a witness to, to such a historic moment. Um, and, you know, you, you hope like this team isn't going to be winning a championship this year. Um, no matter what, like, uh, it's just not going to happen, especially with Embiid's injury now, which is not going to heal. Um, it, it will require, you know, surgery in the off season. So there's no like, Oh, he, he can get better if he just rests it for a couple days. Um, like if he's not at a hundred percent, like that's to me, like that's the, the end of the story. Um, so in a way you're like, well, if they're not winning anyway, why not just like lose in the most, um, spectacular fashion possible so that it, it jogs some things, you know, so that, so that it, it really does like shake things up and Daryl Morey does revamp the roster, which I'm sure he'll be, you know, trying to do anyway in the off season, but you want something like this team needs something dramatic to happen. Because I do want, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan. They're, they're my former hometown team, Philadelphia 76ers. I, uh, you know, I, I, I root for these guys. I, I root honestly more, uh, for Spike and Mike on the rights to Ricky Sanchez than I do for the the Sixers themselves. So I want good things for them in my heart, but, um, but it's just, man, like the way they've looked the past two games and, you know, the whole, uh, like Harden is just such a, like, the fact that they might be giving him a fucking $190 million contract uh, at the end of the season is unfathomable. The way he's looked, um, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's just an incredible franchise to watch. And maybe it's like, you know, you watch sports to root for your team to win, but mostly you watch for the story and the drama and all the shit you get to talk about after the game. So in that sense, like, the Sixers are the greatest franchise in sports, uh, certainly in basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're, they, they give you more shit to talk about, and maybe I just follow them more closely than any other team. But I'm pretty sure, like objectively speaking, they are the most insane fucking team, like in my lifetime. <laughs> All right, real quick right? before we, mo- yeah, for sure. Before we move on to the other teams, quickly, Doc Rivers. I believe yeah. he is the only coach in nba history to blow what i think is four three one series leads yeah so, at least four he, i know he has the most three one losses yeah uh, in, in so history i don't know the what the magic, exact number is but the magic lost to detroit in the 2003 eastern conference first round the 2015 Clippers blew the series to the Houston well, Rockets. I forgot he coached the Magic. That's right. He the 2015 Clippers blew the series to the Houston Rockets in the Western Conference semis, and then in 2020 the Clippers lost to Denver in the West semifinals. And then last mm-hmm. year, which you mentioned, the Sixers lost to Atlanta, and they were winning the series three to one. Right? Yeah. So yeah, that's, right. that's four three one leads that he's lost. This mm-hmm. would be the first ever in NBA history where a team was up 3-0 and they yeah. lost the series. Granted, you know, we should 
it's it's important to keep perspective here. The the of Sixers course. are still they could up win three. The next game yeah, they're still up three over, too. And we would never remember this. But so. man, the last two games, like they have looked dog shit. Like not even like close games. Like they're and uh, you know it's Embiid's injury. Sure, you can blame that. But of course, the Raptors lost Fred VanVleet, their best player. Um, and and Barnes has they been don't hurt have too, right? like yeah, Barnes missed a game and a half, I believe, or two games maybe. Right. Um, yeah, like uh, they should not have. It shouldn't be this close. Had this much difficulty yeah. with um, their first round opponent, and yeah, it's just um, I don't know. I think I think they they need a lot of help, and I'm worried that if they, I think if James Harden stays on this team, like they're just not they're not going to be changing anything up in uh, in a in a positive direction until um, like it's almost like is it time to like. <laughs> Like, they can't rebuild, obviously. Like, they have to keep just mortgaging their future because of Embiid's, you know, short window here. But, man, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know how, how things are really going to turn around for them. Like, obviously, Maxi is, like, a huge bright spot. Yeah. Um, he's going he's gonna to keep improving uh, and be a cornerstone for the franchise. So that's, like, you know, a huge... Um, uh, I don't know what the, uh, you know, whatever, positive point, but... Um, other than that, like, you don't see, like, where they can, how they can, like, make that, that leap up to just change the, the kind of direction. I don't know. All right, moving on. Ben, the Miami Heat, the number one overall seed, defeated the Atlanta Hawks, the number eighth seed. They won four games to one. Uh, Victor Oladipo was out of Miami's rotation at the beginning of the season, but injuries to Kyle Lowry's hamstring and Jimmy Butler's knee forced him into action in games four and five of the Hawks heat series. And he delivered Ben Oladipo went off for 23 points on eight of 16 shooting in game five and helped the heat finish off Atlanta. Miami's defense wreaked havoc on Trey young he made 22 baskets over the course of five games. He only shot seven of 38 from three. He finished the series with 30 assists and 30 turnovers. Ben, the longer the Sixers-Raptors series goes on, the more time the Heat have to get healthy. Love it or list it, yeah. Ben. Miami's point guard tandem of Lowry and Oladipo will be too much to handle for whoever they face next round, whether it's injured Fred Van Vliet or inexperienced Tyrese Maxey. Love it or list Uh, it, uh, that Miami point guard tandem is going to uh, be a a lot to handle. I mean, I I guess I have no choice but to love it since I don't even know if the fucking Sixers are going to make it uh, to that series. Um, And, you know, it seems like the... The first three games of the Sixers Raptors series, you were thinking like, "Oh, Miami is a good matchup." Like, Sixers look not like Embiid looks absolutely dominant, like the best he's he's looked. And now with that um, injury and the way the Harden's looked, you're sort of like, "Boy, I don't know if any team is a good matchup for <laughs> the Sixers at this point." Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I feel don't... for Embiid, man. I really feel. For I know. Embiid. God I like... damn it. He's a. He's a really great it's player. Unbe- it's just unbelievable. Oh. I mean, he's never had a, a fully healthy playoffs. Um, I mean, I guess, what, for, remind me, like, he missed a couple games um, in the Hawks series last year. Is that right? Or 
I forget, like maybe in the first round he had COVID I forget. or something. Yeah, I forget. I, it's all a blur. The last few yeah. playoff uh, seasons have just been a blur with Embiid. I remember at one point he was wearing the face mask. Do you remember that? I think he like... Oh, yeah. The, that like was the, the 2018 season, yeah, I think, yeah. Fultz's rookie year. Yeah, and then didn't he like um, partially tear something in his knee at one point during a playoff run? It was just... Yeah. It's always something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it sucks. And... You're like, oh, well, whatever. Like, can't make excuses. Like, every player gets injured and you got to play yep. through him. And he is, to his credit, playing through this thumb injury. Um, but he certainly doesn't look, you know, the the absolutely unstoppable force that he looked before the injury. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know how the fuck that's going to work. Um, yeah. All right. And I don't see Harden, like, you know, picking up the slack and being like, it's okay, I got this. Like, putting the team on our shoulders. Like... Um, which is crazy because it's like James Harden and he's just like an afterthought, right? Like, yeah. have you, have you watched him play? Like, yeah, he's not like, I mean, he's just not good. He's just not good. It turns out no, like he's just he not good. Do. And, and yeah. like his most, um, like his best offensive move at this point is basically taking the ball and like smushing the opposing, you know, like defender <laughs> And like mm-hmm. using it as like a weapon to create space because he's not as <laughs> mm-hmm. fast and as le- athletic as he used to be at getting yeah. to the rim, which was a big. And he doesn't like come off screens and shoot. Correct. Uh, you know, uh, uh, um, catch and shoot threes. Like he's not right. And a huge like, part of his success in Houston was, as we know, driving to the rim, getting fouled, drawing contact, and and mm-hmm. of course the the um, you know drawing contact on the three right and. Obviously, offici- uh, the officiating has cracked down. Yeah, when's the last time pool? he got fouled on a three? I like can't even remember. Like last time he shot three free throws. In so a row. during those MVP campaigns he had with Daryl Morey with the Houston Rockets, that was a huge part of what he did. And you know, the game has changed since then, and he has gotten older and less athletic, which is something that happens to all players. But also the like the game has changed. It's being called differently, and it just means he's less effective. And, uh, yeah, so now he's, like, now he's on Philadelphia and he's not as effective. And this is probably part of the reason why the Nets were, like, okay with the idea of trading him was because they didn't want to extend and pay him. And it turns out that Ben Simmons, James Harden trade, it was, like, two distressed assets. You know, both players were, like, you know, neither one was um, as valuable as they seemed. I have two questions for you. Yeah. I know this is. I, I know you're the love lover lister, but I'm I'm going to turn it back on you. Yeah. First question is: um, Would you rather have Harden on your team or Ben Simmons on your team for the next five years? For the next five years? Yeah. I mean, going forward, like if you could choose between two players right now to add to your team, as long as I, I guess, like as long as I knew yeah. the speci- I mean, as long as I knew the specifics of his medicals, I guess I would say Simmons because. He, well, you don't. I don't think anyone does. We don't, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, it, it, if I had any sort of assurances that, so you know, it's like you're taking a gamble. You're t- so what you're asking is like, do you want to roll the dice on Ben Simmons and not know what? And when I say his medicals, I, I, I guess more specifically, I'm talking about his back um, right. than his his the uh, the sort of mental wellness stuff. Um, well, which could be linked according definitely. to the recent statement that he put out, which is that his 
you know, I guess like I forget what the exact quote was, but the, basically like the his back the issues stress were of being his stressed is like, by is like triggering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His back issues. Which... I would, I, I think I would say Simmons because from I know for a fact that James Harden is getting older and less effective. I, right. I know that is a certainty. Right. And I also know that I'm about with Harden, you're signing up to give him a five year extention. With Simmons, you're only right. commi- you you're only committed to three more years. So yeah, you can't divorce Harden from the contract that he will inherit. require yeah. in order for him to be on your team. Exactly. Whereas with yeah. Simmons, even if his situation goes bust, it's a smaller time commitment. Um Yeah. Right. So I yeah, there's definitely like better odds that it could be okay and he could be a valuable I mean, you maybe. Know, contributor. I mean, but like also And if not, then like yeah, you you cut bait and you move on. But like um, the mental health stuff aside, like back issues are no joke. Like Michael Porter Jr. didn't play a, like what would he play like five games this year? Yeah. Yeah, that's so, a good that's an that's a really good point. Even I, if he's like all re- ready and raring to go mentally, like we don't even know if y- he'll be Yeah. Injured. Whereas at least James Harden's like on the court for the Sixers, even if he's like, you know, shooting seven of 25 for the game, you know, and inefficient scorer who's overpaid, like, all right, well, at least he's out there. Um, I think I would still gamble on Simmons uh, because he's a shorter financial commitment. And I also think what he does is a bit rarer, like uh, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a rarer asset or a rarer skill set. Whereas, um, I think that, I don't know, I think like you can, I don't, I don't mean to say you can find scores, certainly not of James Harden's level, but, um, you know, the fact is that he's not, he's not returning to the player that he used to be in Houston. Yeah. Like that, that guy's not coming back. Whereas there's a potential, there's a possibility that the all defensive version of Ben Simmons is going to come back. He's 25 years old. Right. Right. Uh, so my second question is, what do you think the, where would you place the odds or the percentage right now that Philadelphia just Let's passes on re-signing <laughs> James Harden? I, like, that I mean, would I be think the they, most... I, I'll be honest. I think they should do that. I think... Of course they should. I think they should do that. I think what everyone would hope for is beyond him just letting letting him walk is that he agrees to like a team friendly deal or just you know like 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 uh right but that's not happening so um but i don't think that's going to happen i think that they they are committed like when yeah Maury, i think specifically because maury like there's he's he and maury are so linked um almost like romantically at this point <laughs> that it's like I don't think like I I think if anyone would do, would pull such a move it's it's Maury because of you know the way he you know GMs like he's he's just like, such a like kind of whatever like he he's so like numbers and 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 kind of data driven like I don't think he's the kind of guy who's like oh but if there's one player in the entire league who he simply like would not be able to just like ditch um in such a public way, it's James Harden. Like, it's, yeah. So it's such a like. I think he's an egomaniac. Storm. I think he's. I. I. I'm gonna be honest. I think Maury's kind of an egomaniac. And oh, of course. Uh, I say that because you know you're in trouble because Maury's like a data driven guy, 
And the data all sort of indicates and has been indicating that like this is a player whose value is depreciating. And yeah, he rapidly. traded for him knowing yeah. that. And yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to draw a comparison between him and like what Elon Musk just did with Twitter, but like <laughs> there, you, you know, like when someone buys something and the, there's data that points that says like, this is not what this is worth. Like what you're buying this for, mm-hmm. all the metrics indicate that you're overpaying here. And the person mm-hmm. who's buying is like, no, no, no. I know more information than you guys know because I have experience with this product from the past. And it's like, right. yeah, but I mean, I get, I guess an athlete and a social media company are different things, but because in the case of the, <laughs> in the case of a, of a, of an athlete there, you know, father time is undefeated. Like, yeah. Athletes just depreciate over time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, so I just think that Maury is like basically an egomaniac and he, he can't, he's not going to be able to resist the fact that he went all in on this trade and he's going to have, he's going to have to extend him, uh, like a max extension because he's not going to concede that he was wrong. (laughs) Remind me, it was Simmons, Curry, Drummond, and two first round picks or one? Oh, I think it was either two or three first round draft picks. My God. Yeah. Like, even if it was just the picks alone, like, forget about the value of Simmons, Curry, and Drummond. Um, Who, by the way, were valuable players for the Nets. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, Seth Curry, like, Seth Curry can't defend. I'm surprised. Like, the only reason he got time in the playoffs at all is because the only other option was, like, 40-year-old Goran Dragic and... Right. Whoever they're, Patty, like, 41-year-old Patty Mills. Um, but... And Drummond got, I think, three minutes in game. Like, he was, you know, he's unplayable in the playoffs. Um, so even putting aside the the value of the players, just those draft picks alone, boy, um, not ideal, not ideal. Moving on, Milwaukee, the third seed, hmm. leads Chicago, the Bulls, three games to one. Uh, Bennett's been a minute since the Chicago Bulls have been in the playoffs, but this year the team returned to prominence with key additions of players like DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, and Alex Caruso. They added that to a core of Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. Levine is playing through chronic left knee soreness and seems destined for off-season surgery. Ben, mm. love it or list it. And he's in protocols, right? He's yeah. not playing game five. Yeah, that's right. Love it or list it. Yeah. This brief sampling of uh, playoff success is the elevated experience Zach Levine was looking for, and he will be re-signing in free agency this summer uh, in Chicago. I mean, I, I it's certainly elevated yeah. compared to his previous experiences. So got I gotta to hand it. it yep. Gotta love We've it. Gotta, gotta love, love it. it. Gotta gotta pump it. Yep. Gotta buy it. Um, I think that. Um, yeah. I mean. Um. I, I, I'd i be shocked if the... Well, I don't know. I guess the Bulls have a pretty bright future. I think, obviously, DeRozan and Vooch are going to be... You know, I feel like they've probably seen their best years. Um, uh, you know, DeRozan had a nearly MVP uh, caliber season. Uh, obviously, you named him MVP, I believe, in uh, previous podcasts of ours. Yeah. Um, 
but well, I, he was one cer- of certainly, he was one of my MVPs. Yeah, right, right. We have, obviously yeah, we have yeah. multiple uh, winners this year, um, but um, it seems like you know he's he's on the wrong age of uh, uh, side of thirty, whatever. Um, but with Ball, if he can ever stay healthy, and Caruso, um, who turns out is very good. Um, yeah. Uh, who knew? Um, uh, the Bulls. Uh, they did. Yeah, the Bulls knew. Um, I was trying to remember the name of the Lakers GM. Palinka did not, yeah. uh, apparently, um, realize that. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. This this Bulls team, it sort of seems like they're hitting their ceiling. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know, they got a game off the defending NBA champions. So All right, speaking, can't, uh, we, can't argue with that. We mentioned Zach Levine's uh, issues with his knee. Speaking of knee troubles, Ben, Bucks forward Chris Middleton has been sidelined indefinitely after spraining mm-hmm. the MCL in his left knee, and he will be out at least two more weeks, the team announced. Ben, love it or list it, Middleton's injury makes Milwaukee a prime target for an early postseason dismissal. Um, gotta love that, especially since they're going up against the Celtics the next round. Yeah, um, uh, that's what makes the Sixers so- thing even more upsetting it's because like know. you know one of the big dogs of the east the the bucks are you gotta figure they're they're vulnerable yeah they're they're very vulnerable so yeah and the you know like i think the celtics like certainly would have been very tough but like whatever if you can get to the conference finals like who you know who's to say um so yeah it, it felt like a minute there after and beat it the game winning three or not three but game uh buzzer beater in game in game three um to put him up three oh you're like okay the sixers are like they have a window like it mm-hmm. kind of looked like a, a real possibility and then it all just came you know crashing back to reality but uh they're up three two they're still they can yeah, win the series and advance it's totally possible yeah all right moving yep, yep, on yep, to the western still. conference phoenix The number one seed, the Phoenix Suns, lead the New Orleans Pelicans. The eighth seed, three games to two. Ben, the Pelicans uh, have put up a really valiant fight this series. They nearly took the the number one seed Suns to the brink of elimination. Phoenix is playing without Devin Booker, of course. He'll be out for another few games. The Suns got a brilliant performance in game five from Mikhail Bridges. He finished with a postseason career high of 31 points. 12 God, of 17 him. shooting, a steal, four so blocks, and four of four from three. Uh, ben, love it or list it. Jonas Valanciunas, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum will bring the physicality back on Thursday night and force a game seven. Um, I would love to see it. Yeah. Um, I am, I, this, I am this... really rooting for the Pelicans here. I, I, I yeah. full disclosure, like, I think it's, I'm rooting for them. I I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I really want them to do well. I just yeah. feel like, um, first of all, it's a great city. And all we ever hear about that team is how Zion is unhappy there. And yeah. I, don't, I, I, I was saying to uh, our friend Ryan, I was like, I realize this is not how like GMs and executives think uh, and like construct rosters. But if I was a player on the, on the Pelicans, I'd be like, screw this guy like we're we're here we're in the playoffs we have the number one seed tied up it like if he doesn't want to be here like let him go but all i know is like we're we're doing it like we're we're like i don't know yeah i'm pulling yeah we don't need him yeah um i think it yeah i think it would be hilarious if 
Zion <laughs> missed the entire season, and then the Pelicans just we're like beat the, we don't want you here. Yeah, the defending conference uh, champion, yeah, yeah, Western Conference champions uh, in the first round. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, it would be it'd be fun. Yeah, super fun story. Um, so I'm pulling for him. Valanciunas has been a beast um, in Game Four. He went for 26 and 15. Always love that guy in fantasy. Just oh god, he's so underrated. Yeah, no one ever talks about him. But you'd be like, no, no, no. Trust me. Like he's he's really good. good. Like he's like low key. Like no one knows about him. But yeah, that that's the whole Pelicans team. No one knows who these guys are. But they're yeah, they're good. They're good. Yeah, yeah. Herb Jones. Herb Jones. Incredible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't like. I I wonder if like. Zion's like gonna be like, oh, maybe I should maybe stay. yeah, like maybe I wanna maybe, maybe I actually maybe wanna... this team is good and we can do things if I play for them. Like, I mean, obviously I'm a Knicks fan, and you know, if Zion wants to play for the Knicks, great. But if I was Zion, why? Like, this team is in the playoffs. Like, the Pelicans are in the playoffs. They're a young team. They have like good young pieces. I don't know. Why would you want to get traded to a team that's like gonna gut? all of their interesting core parts so you can go toil in you know some other miserable situation moving on yeah the grizzlies the memphis grizzlies the number two seed and the minnesota timberwolves uh having a little trouble with yeah yeah so memphis leads three two geez ben there is so much to talk about here with the grizzlies and t-wolves i don't know where to begin but let's start here um outside of game two the Timberwolves had led have led at the end of every first, second, and third quarter. My God. Yeah. So Ben. That's crazy. Love it or list it. The Grizzlies are very fortunate to be leading the series three games to two right now. I definitely love that. I mean, that. how can you not um, love the hell out of that? Yeah, I love the heck out of it. Uh and the hell out of it. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean I uh you know, if it weren't for that ill-advised Anthony Edwards gamble at the end of, uh, of game five, it, yeah, easily could have been a a three, two series going back to Minnesota. Um, I love cat. Um, I'm really rooting for him more than anyone. I mean, obviously everyone loves Anthony Edwards. He's, he's like the, the young darling of the league. I mean, well, John Morant, I guess is the number one young darling of the league. It's, it's a great, this is like, this is the best series. Like these teams are both so fun, so lovable, it's like everything it's my brother you know, my brother was like uh yeah you know we should uh ca- he's like a casual nba fan he's like yeah we should get together and like watch a, a playoff an nba playoff game together <clears throat> and so it's like looking at the schedule is like what would i yeah, want if you could recommend there's one like series one for game, a casual fan to watch there's one game one series is like we should watch this game it yeah. was like oh we should get together for minnesota and memphis that's the most yeah. like weird interesting story like pat Patrick Beverly, dude. Oh my God! Yeah, just, the rivalry between Pat and and Moran. I mean, the entire like how would team. how would you explain what Patrick Beverly what Patrick Beverly is and what he's doing to like someone who doesn't know much about the NBA? Like, it's just I, I was saying like he's he's like a troll. He's not like mm-hmm. a great player, but he's a very talented mm-hmm. defender. And he's very irritating, and he just yeah. Sort he's of, the guy that you absolutely wish were on your team, so you, he was not on the opposing team and making you pull your hair out like, as a fan. He's the guy on your team that irritates the hell out of everyone on the other team, and you're very grateful that he's on your team and not 
someone that you're playing. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it seems mm-hmm. the Timberwolves have been sort of falling apart in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, they had a couple rough moments. I believe they blew multiple 20-point leads. Yes. Um, <laughs> is it, was that in game three? I didn't know that was like possible. I know. Um, has that ever been done before where... Like, they were two... I think they were up by, like, 26 and then 21. Yeah. Like, multiple 20-point comebacks in the same game. Um, Really, really mind-blowing. Carl Towns has been Um, good, I will say, in the fourth quarter. He's made uh, 10 of 18, uh, 55% of fourth-quarter field goals. However, Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly, and D'Angelo Russell are a combined 9 for 41, 22% Mm. in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's not great. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that, um, I mean, I don't know about D'Lo. I know he and Cat are, are like boys, but uh, but I could see I could see them moving on from him and just like building that team around Cat and Anthony Edwards. Edwards and being really solid for a very long time because Cat's still only, what, like 26? Yeah, he's still young. Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, no, they're great. Um, and obviously, you know, Memphis is... Yeah, story of the uh, of the of the year with all their young talent and although Jaron Jackson Jr. got to work on those fouls, but dude, he's gotta been bad. Got to work on those. Yeah, he's been I bad. fouled out in what seventeen minutes. I feel I feel bad, man, because he's like he is so that he's, he could be so awesome. He yeah. is our type of guy. Like I, oh I, my God, I was yeah. saying to Ryan, like this is like my sort of NBA player. Like I, this is someone I I should love watching this guy play, but he's just had a complete disappearing act. And the thing is, like, you know, even if Memphis wins this series, uh, I think the 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 Timberwolves have really, like, laid out the game plan for beating them, which is you be really physical and get up in John Morant's face and make life really difficult on him, foul the hell out of him, just be really, really physical with him, and then let... Memphis's role players try to win the game. So you're like, all right, like try to win the game with Kyle Anderson and try to win the game with, you know, Dylan Brooks. I mean, Desmond mm-hmm. Bain's Desmond Bain's awesome. Yeah. Desmond Bain built like a tank. Oh yeah. We love we love a we love a brick house like Desmond. Tiny obviously. dude's got like tiny little arms, tiny little alligator arms, but he is absolutely <laughs> jacked. um but yeah i mean it seems like there's a formula there for for beating the grizzlies so we're we're curious to see what happens here ben protests over the mass destruction of chickens oh my god chickens those poor fucking chickens on an iowa farm owned by t wolves owner glenn taylor have repeatedly interrupted Mm. the wolves grizzlies the one one dark spot on this otherwise very very fun and 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 just delightful we got to talk about uh, it rivalry yeah glenn taylor yeah direct Uh. action everywhere is a uh, animal rights activist organization they are responsible for these fan protests that have been happening the most recent incident occurred when a protester wearing a fake ref uniform that had uh, the number 5.3 displayed on the back ran onto the court this stuff ran onto the court in an attempt to tee up and eject timberwolves owner glenn taylor the number on the protesters back is in reference to the 5.3 million chickens killed after a bird flu outbreak at the farm, uh, which is owned by Rembrandt Enterprises, a business entity of Glenn Taylor's. Ben, love it or list it, 
Glenn Taylor needs to be ejected from the chicken farm industry for the mass slaughter of millions of sickly birds. Of course I love it, Chris. Uh, Glenn Taylor is a monster. Um, He is a despicable piece of shit billionaire um, who, I mean, I can't even imagine uh, if he's, if that's the way he's treating chickens, I, you know, I, I, uh, it boggles the mind to, to fathom, you know, what, what else he's done in his, uh, to, to build his multi-billion dollar business empire. Yep. Um, yeah, he should be ejected and banned from the league. Um, Donald Sterling style, um, as should, um, all, uh, 29 other NBA owners. Love it. Um, Ben, we're moving on now to the Golden State Warriors, the third seed. They lead the Denver Nuggets, the sixth seed, three games to one. Uh, Ben, the Golden State Warriors nearly completed the sweep of the Denver Nuggets the other night, but as the series resumes in the Bay Area for Game 5, the Warriors have a major development. Clay Thompson looks like his old self. Uh, Ben, Mm. dating back to the last few games of the regular season, over the last seven games, Clay Thompson is now averaging 30 points on 51% from three. In game four against the Nuggets, he scored 32 points on four dribbles. He had four total dribbles in the game. (laughs) Catch and shoot, grab and go. So Ben, love it or list it. With vintage clay back and firing on all cylinders, the Golden State Warriors are probably headed back to the NBA Finals. (sighs) Gotta love that, Chris. They're looking pretty strong. Um, They look like the class of, uh, of the West, huh? Yeah, I mean, especially if if uh, Booker can't. Uh, what's the timeline on his injury? Um, I've heard varying things on this. I, initially, yeah. initially there was a rep- right? yeah. Initially, there was a report that yeah, it was like three good. weeks, and then three right. weeks turned into two games. So it's like yeah. I don't know about this. Yeah, and obviously we know that's not the kind of injury you can just you know rush back and play through right. and grit it out. Um, yeah, um, I don't know how the Warriors do it, man. Fucking Jordan Poole is apparently <laughs> also uh, brilliant. Is like just you know a shorter Kevin Durant, um, no problem. Just uh, Andrew just Wiggins, as... like starter of the All Star game. Like, I mean, just... <laughs> that's right. I forgot about All Star starter Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, man. yeah, this is a super team. Um, when they were supposed to be, you know, this is this is supposed to be like the decline of the empire, but. Uh, This is a team that had the number two overall pick in the draft. They drafted James Wiseman, who hasn't even played for the team in a year. Yeah. It's like, jeez. That's the other thing. Yeah, you forget about just like, right, how how rich they are in assets. um, Kaminga is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, rookie of the year, Gary Payton, uh, the second. Um, uh, Yeah, they're they're great. And I, I guess... I mean, out of all this, all the like, you know, mass. I mean, the Celtics are are, you know, the only team in the East that doesn't look like it has massive problems and question marks. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's it's cool. I can't really tell how I feel about the like. I guess it's more fun rooting for the Warriors now, certainly than it was you know four years ago. Um, when Durant was on the team and it was just like, okay, I guess you're going to win again. Um, so it's kind of a fun story. Um, even though, you know, I'm not the biggest Steph and Draymond fan. Um, and like, but you know, how can you not really root for clay? Like it's, it's pretty like even a cynical asshole like me, like has to be like, that's pretty fucking impressive dude to come back from 
a ACL and an Achilles back to back and just go back to your pre-injury form, form is yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, injuries like that. I mean, I kind of feel the same way about KD where it's just like, you're always on edge. Like it's, it just makes me very uneasy yeah. <laughs> to ever watch an athlete um, still playing after like I made, like I'm like, there's like a little part of me that's like, maybe they should just retire if they have an injury <laughs> like that. <laughs> Even though obviously that's an insane thing to think, but I don't know. It always makes me feel like this weird level of like a little, like low level anxiety. dread and, yeah. and anxiety. Um, like I'm like, is that, I don't know. Are you, should you really be <laughs> sure doing you want to do this? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, but it's also, hey, you know, super it makes impressive. You happy, and, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, the only knock I guess I have against Clay is that he's like an NFT guy. Um, but, you know, hey, who who isn't these days? Sure. So, All right, moving on. Dallas, the number four seed. They lead the Utah Jazz, the fifth seed, uh, three games to two. Ben, Utah Jazz star shooting guard Donovan Mitchell limped off the court with a hamstring injury. It tightened up on him late in the Mavericks 102-77 blowout. Game five win on Monday night in Dallas. Uh, Mitchell was held to only nine points on four of 15 shooting, and he committed four turnovers. The Jazz were outscored by 38 points during Mitchell's 32 minutes on the floor. The Mavs uh, are now owners of a commanding 3-2 series advantage over the Jazz. Ben, love it or list it, Donovan Mitchell's hamstring injury spells the beginning of the end of the Go Bear Donovan Mitchell era in Utah and one of the two franchise cornerstones will be traded this offseason. Couldn't love it more. Uh let's let's all move on, please. You ready? Can we just yeah, yeah. Let's wrap this up, folks. Um you know, uh th- those jazz, those jazz are frisky. They're they're very under the radar. Um don't look now, but they're in first place in the West and they're probably gonna make a run of the finals. Oh wait, nope. It uh, just upsets me to know Whammy nope. is celebrating uh, this so hard hearing that. <laughs> you know Whammy's been Whammy has been waiting for the Utah Jazz collapse. He's this is a victory for Wham. And, uh, yeah. it's just the most, they're just the most boring, predictable team. And, um, yeah, I'm ready to not really think about them anymore. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm rooting for Gobert. Like, I know that everyone like shits on him and thinks that he's like a jerk or whatever. And it gets played off the court, um, and shouldn't win defensive player of the year. Well, I guess he didn't this year. Um, even though he should have, but um, I have no ill will against him. I have no real, real ill will against Donovan Mitchell. I guess. Um, yeah, he's kind of annoying, but <laughs> I don't really know. I can't really put my finger on why. Um, uh, but mostly, I just uh, I, I forget who it was who who, who tweeted it. Maybe it might have even been. Oh, you know who it was? It was our buddies at uh, Pick and Roll UK. Mm. Um, who pointed out that the Jazz have been cursed by trading Joe Ingles, uh, which I could not agree with more. Um, Ingles was really the only player that I gave a shit about on that uh, team um, for their entirety of their, uh, you know, like kind of Gobert-Mitchell existence. And now that he's not around, I I really have, I just uh, don't have any uh, emotion at all toward them. How do do you feel about the Jazz? I feel like uh, you, you often... Don't uh, don't don't chime in after my oh scorching hot takes. I sorry yeah. Um, how do I feel about the jazz? 
Um, the people want to know, Chris. Well, you mean in this series or like their long-term future? I mean, both. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I think they're probably going to lose this series. I, I, I find it very hard to believe that they're going to, not that whether they should or shouldn't break up Gobert and Mitchell, but I find it hard to believe that a small market team like Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, they have two very good all-star level players, both signed to like long-term contracts. I have trouble believing that they management Danny Ainge is going to like willingly break that up. Um, Mm. Now maybe if one of those two players demands a trade, that's different, but like, I, I don't know. I just don't like, again, not saying that they shouldn't break them up, but I just don't know that they necessarily will because I think drafting players like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert is harder mm. than it seems. And oh, yeah. if you're not getting them via the draft, then the only, the other avenue is signing them via free agency. And I don't see like who's what, you know, young, they don't have a, they don't have a great track record with uh, signing free agent superstars. Let's just say, yeah, like, or, or or like who's available? Like you show me the 25 year old, like all-star level player. That's like in a rush to sign with the Utah jazz. Right. Non-existent. So it's like, I, I understand why people think they should, that team should be broken up. I just don't know. And I agree. They probably should be, but I just don't know that it really will happen. Yeah. I mean, I Again, agree. Maybe, really make... maybe if 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 go if if Gobert or Mitchell demands a trade, obviously that's that's a different situation. Mm-hmm. But like, put yourself in the shoes of the team president of the team in Salt Lake. Yeah. It's like okay, well, I have two All Star level players. They're each signed to like five year contracts. Um, I could choose to like pull the cord and trade them and like just get draft picks and bottom out. Or I could try to change the supporting cast around them and continue to make the playoffs and like run on the hamster wheel of mediocrity. And most, most like most executives are going to say like, well, they can't fire me immediately if we keep making, making the playoffs. Right. So I don't know. That's my two cents. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely seems like it's, it's hard to imagine like how, like if they were to trade one of those players, like who they're replacing them with, that would be of equal value or like be as young and as, you know, like I think Mitchell's still improving. Um, I mean, Gobert's like a pretty known quantity, but if you build around him the right way, which the jazz did not do, like they're obviously like their the whole story of like their defense is like, it's just all Gobert, And if he's not blocking shots, like they have no one to help him at all. Um, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I, I feel I, like I, if you retool the, the, the wings, you know, get some, get some, it's a flawed team some pieces around. It's definitely yeah. like, it's a really flawed team. And Conley's like washed. So, but then you're like, okay, then who's the point guard going to be of the future? That's definitely a big question mark. But um, yeah, it does seem a little like, yeah, I don't know. It's is it just like rebuilding time, or or is there a way to you know kind of rebuild on the on the fly with like keeping the the core of Mitchell and Gobert intact? I mean, I know. you know, forever people were saying like break up Tatum and Brown, right? They were saying like yeah. yeah, it's time to break those guys up, time to break them up, 
And they didn't, and they got a new coach, and they tweaked around the margins. They got Al Horford. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's like um, they got Al Horford. They got rid of Kyrie. Uh, they drafted Time Lord. He developed into, like, a really special player. They acquired Derek White. Um, those are sort of, like, moves around the margins. Like, none of, yeah. none of those things are is, like, oh, my God, like – we traded for Al Horford and we're, you know, we're a title contender now. <laughs> you right. know, they didn't make some massive blockbuster deal. No. They were just like, no, let's just keep improving and letting our young stars develop. And, yeah. And yeah. literally like at Christmas time, we were talking about, should they trade Tatum or Brown, you know? And then, yeah. and then they just sort of like the light switched a little bit. Like their mm-hmm. coach called mm-hmm. them out. Remember there was like the beginning of the season, their, their coach was like, Oh yeah. You guys have he to pass incredible. the ball. Yeah, sound bites. Marcus Smart like called out Tatum and Brown. And was like, you guys don't pass. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I know that's the thing. Like, uh, like so honestly, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying it's the same with Gobert and Mitchell, but I I just would say like put yourselves in put yourself in the shoes of the president of the Jazz. Like again, right. you're not like a marquee franchise where people are like it's not the Miami Heat. People aren't like clamoring to come to Salt Lake. So you have two all-star players on your team, both like under the age of 30. Your choices are work the margins a little bit or tear the thing down. Most people are going to try like hell to tweak around the margins a little bit. Right, right. Not saying they should or shouldn't do that, but it seems like that is the more likely outcome. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess we shall see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, On that note, uh, this is fun. Always good talking to you. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, we'll talk a little round two. More, probably more of the same. Probably another love it or list it. More basketball. More loving and listing. Um, are we done with award season? Are we sure that we don't have? Well, that's some... up to you. I mean, if you want to do postseason awards, we can definitely do. We post-season could always awards. do more awards. We could, you know, we could look at our. We could, we could do like a little. Uh, review a little postmortem um, of our of our previous award selections. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I am not done with with handing out the hardware. Wow, um, can can I you can keep doing that? Can you give us tip your hand a little bit? Uh, is it is there a particular award that here in the postseason you're beginning to think otherwise? Like oh, and you know, like three- well, I'll tell you what that that um i forget who who are my mvps it was um i think you had you had uh, steph you had steph, Jokic, you had no didn't have Jokic. No. um it was it was steph um was josh was it josh uh, giddy or did he get an mvp no giddy was not he was uh i think he was a, a rookie no maybe it was maybe it was giddy maybe it was it was giddy curry and um and our uh uh, uh um Maple Mamba. Um, oh, RJ. Yeah, RJ. RJ. I gotta say, um, RJ has had a disappointing playoffs. Um, yeah. hasn't hasn't played, so I'm starting to reconsider that one. I know that it's a regular season award, but you know I'm a human being, and it's it's hard sometimes for me to not be affected by the postseason performances. Um, so I think I, I think we should be allowed to revise our our picks. Um, you know, taking into consideration some of that. That postseason bias all right, great. That, that we're all you know subject. All right. Well, next week we'll talk round two, and uh, hey, if there's some awards chatter that trickles in, then so be it. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. All right, Ben. I'll talk to you next week. Uh, it's a pleasure as always. Always fun to do the pod. You've been listening to Switch.
Swish, 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 swish,